Good morning. Real good morning. Good to see you today. Hey, I'm wondering, are you, are you willing today to think about what you've been thinking about? We're going to have a different uh, kind of message today. Somebody says all of your messages are different kinds of messages. But <laughs> this is going to really be a different one. This is more of an instructional thing than a preaching thing. At least that's what I uh, think it's going to be. You know, these, I, I, by the way, I want to say I appreciate the vision, Dr. Van Yeldren, for a ministry like this. And God's going to give you some visions and dreams and aspirations, and you need to pursue those dreams, and they can come to pass. So I just appreciate men of vision, men of faith, and, and all of us uh, are uh, headed for uh, achievements and exploits when we're walking with our God. But this morning, we're going to be talking about winning the argument against yourself. Somebody said the average person will think 12 to 60,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thinking. I'm not so sure how accurate that is, but uh, I know we're overwhelmed with information. Since last night, how many texts and emails and phone calls have I missed already today? We're overwhelmed with information. But you need to think about what you're thinking about. You need to think about what you're thinking about. Now, the Bible tells us that we're in a mental battle. And I have a scripture on the screen in the interest of time. I have a scripture on the screen in the interest of time. I have a scripture on the screen. In the... Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, my voice is poor. So you guys read that. You guys read really good out loud. So stand to your feet and let's read this together. All right, let's out loud together. For though we walk in the You need to think about what you're thinking about. Now, the text here says that we're to bring every thought captive. That means you have to arrest your thoughts. You have to lasso your renegade thoughts. You have to ring them in. Thoughts are powerful. And our meditations and musings, our thoughts, wherever you allow your focus to go, your energy will flow. Wherever you allow your focus to go, your energy will flow. Now, focus is just the concentration of thoughts. That's all, that's all focus is. It's concentrated thoughts. And the Bible says here that we have these powerful weapons to cast down, demolish strongholds, cast down imaginations, and bring all our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Our thoughts are very powerful, and I want to talk to you today about winning the argument against yourself. Would you open your heart to the Lord just quietly for just a moment and give God permission to speak to you right now. Just, just uh, bow before the Lord. <clears throat> Tell God you're teachable. You're listening. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> now, I was reading that there's something called EEG technology. This is, uh, this is amazing. They've come up with uh, uh, what they call a, a brain-computer interface. A brain-computer interface, BCI, BCM, BMW, but here it is, BCI, <laughs> a brain interface, a, a, a computer uh, interface. Now, it's a wireless headset, okay, that uh, 
links brain waves with machines. When you put this thing on, it reads the, it maps the thoughts in your mind. And they've developed it to the point where you can control your environment by your thinking. You can control technology with your thoughts. Uh, this headset uh, allows you to control machines. There's all kinds of applications. Uh, but they say that by this, you can uh, type an email just by thinking. Or you can cut on the lights. Or you could uh, uh, operate a, a, a drone. Or you could uh, operate a, a wheelchair. You could actually drive your car. You could play a keyboard uh, just with, by your thinking. You could play a video game. Uh, this is like Star Trek on steroids. This sounds like science fiction, but it's here. And whoever thought you could talk to your phone and tell it, yeah, hey, Siri, take me to Starbucks. And it gets it right about nine times out of ten. I mean, uh, it's pretty good. Now, there's a tremendous power of the mind in the secular world, but how much more true in the spiritual world what you think is powerful? And the Bible says that we have some pretty good weapons mighty through God to dislodge the wrong thoughts, pull down and demolish strongholds, bring thoughts captive, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. All of this has to do with the mind. Now, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, your thoughts govern your actions. Mark chapter 7, Jesus said, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All of these things come from within and defile the man. This has to do with the thoughts. Toxic thinking. Now, your inner world is your thought world. And your thoughts are the incubator for your words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Uh, your speech is the overflow of your heart. What's in the well comes up in the bucket. And your thoughts will determine your words. And your words have a shaping influence. I can't overstate this. What you say to yourself about yourself has a tremendous shaping influence. Your words will dictate the course of your life. James says that the tongue is like a rudder on a ship. It gives direction uh, to life. It's like a bridle on a horse. It gives direction to that uh, animal. One clinical professor of psychiatry said the average a male speaks about 7,000 words a day. The average woman speaks around 20,000 words a day. And I figured out why. Because the guy's never listening, so the woman has to say the same thing two or three times before he gets it. That's, that's, where, that's where that comes in. <laughs> now, that's a lot of words. Now, listen. Listen, we talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else. You talk more to yourself than you talk to anybody else. Your mouth may utter 10,000 words in the presence of, utter, of others, but your heart utters more words to you than anybody else. Self-talk is what you say to yourself, and what you say to yourself is important. Now, let me ask you this morning, what have you been saying to yourself? You know, the talk talks we have with ourselves, it's amazing, uh, self-flattery talk. Well, I can preach better than that guy. Well, I can sing better than she can. Uh, and, and we're having these little conversations in our heart. Self-excusing talk. Well, thank God I'm not as bad as that guy. <laughs> Self-justification talk. Self-exaltation talk. What about self-abuse talk? Now, you're no good. I'll never amount to anything. My dad told me I couldn't do anything. And here we are, just programming, programming ourselves, talking to ourselves, 
thinking to ourselves, self-abasement talk, self-condemning talk, it's neither healthy nor helpful, uh, self-limiting talk. You know, scores of us have programmed ourselves by listening to wrong thoughts about the things we say to ourselves. We limit ourselves, we damage ourselves, we can devalue ourselves, we can condemn ourselves, we can deceive ourselves. Now, I have found this to be true in my life, that inside of me, there seems to be this whiny, thumb-sucking, self-pitying, pessimistic, complaining, doubting, betrayed Judas called self. And that, that, that culprit is all the time looking for something to be angry about. <laughs> all the time looking for, well, the, Repu- the Republicans got to spend health care. Uh, our ministry is going to shell out 50 grand for affordable health care next year, okay? <laughs> affordable health care. So if I think on that long enough, you know what happens? I get irritated. I was preaching in the church, I got to tell this. I was preaching in the church and our Republican congressman was retiring after I recommended that he retire. And um, I show up at church and they have assigned me to preach on the subject of adultery. I get all the good, con- good, all the good topics, you know. And, and so I show up and I am wore out and I'm highly caffeinated. And I walk in for the uh, uh, prayer time, Pastor, and there was the uh, congressional candidate to replace the outgoing congressman. Well, I didn't try before I knew what was happening. And they told me who he was. And I said, I said, you know, there's really no reason for a guy like me to ever get out of the chair and go pull the ballot for another Republican guy. Y'all told us she was going to uh, repeal and replace and make it where working people could afford. I said, and, and, and I just went off on that kind of thing. How many of you think that was the wrong time and the wrong place to say something like that? Of course, I had to go back and repent. Oh, brother. Uh, but but just, just all the time looking for something to be upset about. Does any, does, can anybody relate to this kind of thing? You know? And then I'm in the hotel at Fox News, which is, uh, oh, brother, I'm going to double up on medication this week just to stay calm, you know, listening to all of this bad stuff going on. But, but the point being that uh, when you're walking in the flat and talking and listening to yourself, brother, you can be looking for a point of conflict. You can be scouting for something negative. I mean, people, man, they look for, they look for contradiction and trouble like they're going to get a reward for it. Uh, but believers should be annoyingly optimistic. <laughs> believers should be annoyingly optimistic. Now, a few scriptures here. Look at Psalm 15 right here. Help me out, fellas. There we go. Who shall abide? Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteously. Speak this out loud. And who's going to abide in God's tabernacle? The guy that's speaking the truth. Where at? You need to stop listening to yourself and start speaking to yourself. Now, David talked to himself. Look at this one. Psalm chapter 42. Uh, What? Yes, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Now David is addressing his own, his own heart. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? David was saying to himself, why are you so upset? Why are you in turmoil? Why are you just all agitated and boiling over? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. David was talking to himself. 
So why are you so upset? Why are you so cast down? Uh, why are you in, in an uproar? He began to question him himself. He spoke to himself. He did this in many places. Look at uh, this scripture right here from Lamentations, if you would. Uh, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. You can read the uh, other passages as well, but return unto thy rest, O my soul. He's talking to himself. He's speaking to himself. Now look at Psalm 103 and verse 1, if we could find that on the uh, thing. Yes, David talked to himself often. Now notice what he said. Bless the Lord. Say these next three words out loud. Who's he talking to? He's talking to himself. He's telling himself what to do. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And now notice he's instructing himself. Forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, and who healeth all thy diseases. David is thinking about what he should be thinking about. And he's reminding himself what he ought to be thinking about. And he's telling himself to bless the Lord. He's rehearsing the blessings of God. He's exalting the Lord in his heart instead of cataloging his problems. He's speaking the truth in his heart. And he tells himself, don't forget all the benefits. When you go through seasons of difficulty, don't forget the benefits. Uh, like, uh, uh, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Now, you know there's diseases of the soul, like bitterness. Man, that's, a, that's, a, that's a cancerous disease. Regret. Depression, anxiety, guilt, fear, and anger. Boy, it's wonderful when somebody's body gets healed. But it's even more glorious when the soul gets healed. Don't forget his benefits. Who heals all your diseases. Now, what do you say to yourself? What have you been saying to yourself lately? You've got to win the argument against yourself. And, and what you're speaking to yourself is shaping your soul. So you've got to stop listening to you and start addressing uh, and talking to you. Your focus dictates your feelings. What you think about determines how you feel. Change your focus, change your feelings. Say that out loud. Change your focus, change your feelings. What you see affects what you think. What you think affects how you feel. How you feel affects what you do, and what you do affects how you feel. <laughs> change your focus, change your feelings. If you're feeling down, go with the gratitude protocol. If you're feeling down, go with the praise protocol. Go with the reverence protocol. Now, notice over here in Lamentations, just another example, if you would please, from uh, Jeremiah. And I said, my strength and my hope are perished from the Lord, remembering my affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Notice this next slide, if you would. Notice what it says here. It is of the Lord's mercies that were not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Read it out loud. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. It's not just crazy people who talk to themselves. We all talk to ourselves. Jeremiah talked to himself right here. Over and over in the scripture, the word of God, uh, David talked to himself. 
Uh, Paul talked to God. Jesus talked to the devil. And brother, sometimes we, we better be talking to God, but sometimes we need to just have a brief, uh, uh, a brief word of uh, instruction to the devil to tell him where to get off. And then sometimes you need to talk to yourself. Now, I'm going to help you this morning if you'll let me. Uh, Winston Churchill said, I've had many troubles. I've had many troubles in my life, most of which never came true. Does anybody here ever premeditate the worst possible outcome and, and you've got your whole case built up in your mind about how you're going to respond and it never happens anyhow? Uh, the devil would have you crossing bridges that you never come to. <laughs> so live in the moment. Now, let me give you a, well, let me say this. The only person who will come up with more fake news than CNN is your own soul. All of us could work for CNN <laughs> because we manufacture uh, imagined stories. We come up with all kinds of stuff. Now, listen to Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was a medical doctor who became a, a well-known expositor and preacher. He wrote a book called Spiritual Depression, and here's what he said. Listen to Martin Lloyd-Jones. Now, hang on. Uh, the main trouble in this area of spiritual depression, in a sense, is this that we allow ourselves to talk to us instead of talking to our own self. Am I trying to be deliberately paradoxical? Far from it. This is the very essence of wisdom in this matter. Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. <laughs> you have not originated them but they start talking to you. They bring back the problem of yesterday. Someone is talking to you. Who is talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. Now, this man's treatment was this. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he talks to himself. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, he asked. His soul has been repressing him, crushing him. So he stands up and says, self, listen for a moment. I want to speak to you. The main art in this matter of spiritual living is to know how to handle yourself. You have to take yourself in hand. You have to address yourself, preach to yourself, question yourself. You must, go on, you must say to your soul, why are you cast down? What business do you have to be disquieted? You must turn on yourself, upbraid yourself, condemn yourself, and exhort yourself and say to yourself, hope in God instead of uttering uh, this depressed, unhappy way, uh, you, you must then go on to remind yourself of God, who God is and what God has done and what God has placed uh, himself to do in the future. Then having done that, uh, end on this great note, uh, defy yourself and defy other people and defy the devil and the whole world and say with this man, I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance, who also is the help of my countenance and my God. Now, let, let me ask you a couple of questions here this morning. This, this guy, uh, this idea of uh, heart speech, self-talk. Uh, the text talks about speaking the truth in the heart. Who do you talk to the most? Who do you talk to the most? Well, yourself. Who do you talk to yourself about the most? Well, yourself. Uh, what do you think about the most? Yourself. 
<laughs> now, listen, no one lies to you more than yourself. Our hearts are capable of lying to us, and we believe it. And you better be careful of who you listen to, especially yourself. Now, we talk to ourselves the most. We think about ourselves the most. We talk to ourselves about ourselves the most. We influence ourselves the most. We lie to ourselves more than anyone else. We've got to think about what we're thinking about. Now, Johnny Erickson Tata is a paraplegic. Uh, she cannot do anything physically for herself. Can you imagine the dive way back when she was 18 and broke her neck? Um, my wife and I were on vacation. We listened to one of her testimony videos, and here's something she said. She's handicapped, constant pain. Listen to this. There are, seven, there are very few days when my soul does not require a good talking to. On most mornings when pain encroaches, I demand my soul to come into allegiance and alignment with the Holy Spirit. I order it to stand at attention and take orders from God for the day. That it rejoice in the day that has been made by our Creator. That it ascribe to a holy purpose for living. That it quit being sullen and be hopeful in Jesus. That it rejoice in the Lord and therein lies its strength. Sometimes a quadriplegic, being a quadriplegic is just plain tiring. And to it the chronic pain it wears on the soul. It is why when I deal with pain, I often say, Johnny... Why are you so cast down? Why are you so disturbed within yourself? Put your hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Join me in urging your soul to find its soul solace and comfort in Jesus Christ alone. you got to talk to yourself. You better quit listening to yourself. Some of you are melancholy. You're prone to introspection. You're, you're just as analytical. My oldest son is an analyst. You ask him a question and he'll have to clarify what you're talking about 10 times before he can spout out an answer. Quit overanalyzing everything. Uh, quit looking inside all the time. Uh, quit trying to sort everything out. There's some mysteries. Take by faith the things you know. Quit listening to yourself. Start talking to yourself. Now you have a little uh, pamphlet right here. This is called Talk Yourself Out of the Pit from the book Oasis. So me and you are the best group readers I've ever heard in my life. I would like for you guys to read this little uh, talk yourself out of the pit uh, portion out loud as a class. All right, think about it as, you, as we read together. All right, let's start with the scripture. Why art thou cast down?
Stop listening to yourself. Start talking to yourself. I shared with you Sunday night how that um, fell into a terrible pit um, about seven or eight years ago. Um, my wife and I were on vacation, and uh, she had slipped out of the room. So I went around the room. It was a two-room kind of place. I went around and made sure I was the only human there, and I locked the door so the maid would not come in. And I said, I said, I need to go have a talk with myself. So I went to the bathroom, cut on the light, got in front of the mirror, and uh, you knew I had psychological issues, right? So I got in front of the, got in front of the mirror, and I began to preach to myself. And if you think some of the stuff I say in public is rough, to other people you should have heard what I said to me I mean I was moping around groaning around worried about the fear of dying worrying about the future worrying about all this kind of stuff over absolutely depleted I've been running for 40 years uh, on on caffeine and adrenaline and some Holy Spirit on occasion and and I just got wore out physically emotionally mentally spiritually I had nothing left and I got in front of the mirror and uh, I was just in a terrible state and I looked in the mirror and I began to point my finger at myself. And I said, Harold, what do you think you're doing? Moping, groaning, worrying, living like an atheist. Lost people are doing better than you are. What do you think you're doing? And then I said to myself, get up. And I was really yelling. <laughs> get up. In Jesus' name, get up. If you're going to live, get up. If you're going to die, get up. No matter what happens, God's on the throne, get up. And brother, I just went at it for a little while right there, and I talked to myself. You know, I am my favorite conversationalist because nobody tells me what I need to hear except me. And the more prominent you are, the less people will ask you the hard questions. Nobody asks you the hard questions. Nobody tells you what you need to hear. And because they don't even know what you need to hear. And sometimes you need to just have a conversation with yourself. Now, I would not recommend being uh, <laughs> uh, too hateful on yourself. And, and, and have some grace. Just like you would have grace on others, you need to have to learn grace on you. Because you're sitting there thinking, man, I ought to be doing a whole lot better than what I'm doing. Look how long I've been in the kingdom. Man, I'm still wrestling with this sin over here. What is wrong with me? And here all these kind of thoughts coming in. And I, I'm, I'm ineffective. Will I ever amount to anything? And, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. And here we're just listening to all of this bombardment of self-talk coming at us. Brother, you better quit listening to that. And you better learn to start talking to yourself.
The text says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, mighty through God. The same power that raised Jesus is living in us. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, listen, a mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, satanic beachheads, wrong panners of incorrect thinking, casting down imagination, demolishing these things, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know what that means? It's a lifelong battle to get your thinking right. The way you think is going to determine how you live. you got to start thinking right. you got to start saying to yourself what the Word of God says about you. You need to quit listening uh, to your failures and listening to your defeats and your experience. And quit listening to the doomsday, doomsday theology that's on every corner. Quit listening to all of that. And, and, and you know, you just listen to these heady pipe-smoking dudes and they tell you, man, your heart is wicked as the devil and you ain't going to mount to a hill of beans. And I was reading a book one time called Transforming Grace. I got to page 138, and so far, so good. But I got on page 138. You know what the pure said? He said, you don't have a pure heart. Nobody's going to have a pure heart. You're never going to have a pure heart. You know what I thought? What kind of transforming grace is this? All the time taught about, our old heart is so wicked and so deceitful, there's no way you could tell it. But I'm just here to announce, brother, you're not your old heart. You've got a new nature. You've got a new, you've got a new identity. You've got new spiritual fingerprints. You're a child of the living God. And you better be camping out on your identity in Christ instead of your identity in Adam. Adam is gone. Hallelujah. The second Adam has knocked him out. And he's coming in a better, a better than the first Adam. Now you, better, you, better quit listening. you better quit listening to yourself. You better start talking to yourself. Now, let me give you a few things here. Number one, recognize your resources. Recognize your resources. Your weapons are mighty through God. <laughs> You're empowered. You've got to recognize. Uh, the, the power is not in us, but the power is in Him. And He's given us His Spirit and His Word and a new nature. Praise the Lord. Uh, recognize. And then second, you've got to reject the falsehoods. You've got to reject the falsehoods. You've got you to pull down those strongholds. You've got to cast down and demolish and literally wreck those false. That's why God gave us the helmet of salvation. So now listen to me. Listen to me. Nobody tells me what I need to hear. So sometimes I need to talk to me. <laughs> I was uh, at home not too long ago. Now I don't do this every day. But sometimes when I catch myself and I start whining and moaning and you know, groaning and complaining and becoming critical and obsessing and critiquing and criticizing. I, I, just, I just, excuse me, Lord, I need to have a talk with me. And, and then I, I go somewhere, and, and the other day I had a talk with me. And I said, Well, you don't have to do this. This is contrary to your new nature in Christ. And so I just had a calm, believe it, believe it or not, I had a calm conversation with myself. And I told myself what I needed to hear. Now look, you've got, you've, got, you've got to reject the falsehoods, cast them down. Sometimes you're going to say to yourself, I reject that. That's not true. I'm not going to receive that. <laughs> I'll have nothing to do with that. Uh, you know, the sun has a sinking spell every night, but it rises up every morning. So when you get down, you're not going to stay down. And the, one of the best verses in the Bible is it came to pass. It didn't come to stay, it came to pass. So uh, nothing is permanent on earth. Did I say something wrong? I'm sure I said something wrong. I don't want to know it. All right, now, now, you can say, I refuse to accept that. I refuse to believe that. I'm not going with that. 
And I'm telling you, if you listen to people long enough, and everybody wants you to think like them, act like them, believe like them, and be like them, and if you listen to all these people, and you're so, you're so, so insecure, and you're full of the fear, man, you want to please everybody. Brother, you better have a God-pleasing spirit instead of a man-pleasing spirit. We shouldn't be hateful to other people. We should respect them and all of this kind of stuff. But the bottom line is, you're accountable to God for you and nobody else. And I'm telling you, you can, you can say to yourself, I am not going to live in the fear of man. I'll tell you a little story. I had a, a buddy of mine and I, pastor, we became close, and I would talk heart to heart. And he was the kind of guy that I don't think anybody ever talked heart to heart with him. And we became really good friends. And then after a while, he began to become overly analytical and critical of everything I was doing. So he was toxic. You can outgrow your friends. You're not obligated to entertain uh, people who berate you, criticize you, fault you, shame you, guilt you. As a Christian, you are not obligated to maintain voluntary relationships with people that don't help you love Jesus better and love others. Sometimes you've got to sh shake the dust off your feet. So I wrote this guy a letter. This just bothered me. I'm, you know, fear of man, you know. <laughs> I wanted to please people. They supported our ministry. So I just uh, finally said, I'm, I'm done with this. So I wrote the guy a letter, a nice letter. I said, dear sir, I, this is my friend. I said, you know, it's obvious you're not pleased with what we're doing. But I want to tell you that uh, I, I, I'm satisfied with what we're doing. My preacher is satisfied with what I'm doing. You don't need this endless conflict. So why don't you take this support and give it to somebody that you have confidence in because you don't need this continual conflict and neither do I. God bless you. That was one of the best things I did to relieve stress from my life when I eliminated somebody who was not helping me to love Jesus or love others. It was a toxic relationship. And I want to tell you something, if you're married to a toxic person, I'm not recommending you walk away, but I'm saying on voluntary relationships, things change. You can outgrow your friends. And brother, just because everybody doesn't agree on every point doesn't mean that they don't love Jesus. And I'm telling you, you've got to figure out what you're supposed to be doing and do your assignment and risk it to the other man to do his assignment before God and rejoice in the victories that they both have. Reject the falsehoods. Number three, you've got to rebuild the mind. That's where the helmet of salvation comes in. Develop the habit. Develop the habit of uh, speaking to yourself, saying to yourself what you need to hear. You've got to win the argument against yourself. Some of you are programmed with negativity. I'm no good. I'm unworthy. The reason they abused me was because I deserved it. Isn't that just like the devil? Victims of abuse think they're the problem when the fact of the matter is they're not the problem. It was the stinking, rotten, evil dude that perpetrated the evil upon them, and, but yet the devil would have them turn on themselves. Well, I'll always be tainted. I'll never get victory over this. It's just the way I am. It's just, it's just, just you know, that's my hand that God's dealt me. And so here we are listening to ourselves, you know, just, just in, a, in a pit. And that consequently leads to all kinds of evil beast when you're not thinking right. Now, say to yourself what the Bible says about you. Now, you're always going to find what you're looking for. 
You know, a vulture is all the time looking for something dead. Roadkill, carnage. But a hummingbird is looking for something sweet. Flowers or sugar water in your little thing on the deck, you know. Uh, you're going to find what you're looking for. And your heart will always be talking to you. So you've got to let your mind control your emotions and not the other way around. And if your emotion, some of us have strong emotions, man. I mean, brother, we feel everything. I can pick up an emotional vibration from 50 miles away. I, I absorb whatever the atmosphere that people carry with. It's, it's, some of us are like that. Some of you are not. You, you're just as hard as a rock. But uh, some, 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 some and, and you have less burdens, by the way. <laughs> but back to it here. You've you got to choose to stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. So if you want to win the argument against yourself, think about what you're thinking about. Just, you know, just evaluate. What, what, think about what you're thinking about. Is this from God? Obviously not. Did I try to conjure this up? No. Well, there's only one source left. It's the devil throwing something at you. So think about what you're thinking about. Notice number two, say to yourself what you need to hear. Get up. Never mind how you feel. Go ahead and enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go ahead and turn on the praise protocol. You know, just talk to yourself. Say with yourself what you need to hear. Now, uh, this whole identity thing is huge. And you have this little pamphlet right here. Did everybody get one of these? All right, pull that out. You've seen this, but I meant to bring you a card, but I forgot it. So uh, let's stand to our feet and let's rehearse what the Word of God says is true about us as His children. All right. On the back side. We're not going to say the scripture. We're just going to read the I am and then the statement. And I want you to read it with conviction because this stuff is true. All right? Let's read it. I am a child of God. I am. Spirit of Antichrist. I am overcoming evil with good. Through Christ, I am walking by faith and not by sight. I am bringing every thought captivity. I am being transformed by renewing my mind and reigning in life through Jesus. I am created for good works. Do you believe that? Is that true? Is that truth? Quit listening to yourself. Start talking to yourself. Declaring these scriptural confessions of overcomers. Because this is the real life. You say, well, we have setbacks. Well, yeah. Look at the Bible. Pe people in the Bible, they weren't perfect. They had some setbacks, but they always had a comeback. 
And I'm here to tell you, brother, that if you messed up, fess up, get back. You don't have to moan around for 15 weeks to try to get sorted out. Uh, brother, just bank on the power of the blood. Listen to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. Speak to yourself and say to yourself sometimes what you need to hear. And what you, we need to hear all the time is the scriptural truths about our new identity in Christ. Isn't Jesus good? Let's talk to him. Would you just uh, revel in that for a minute? Just 